This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox and in just a few moments you'll meet our first guests from the Surrey Hospital Foundation, including the president, and we'll learn about the Children's Health Center renewal campaign and why it's become so important to the 43% of BC kids who live in the Fraser Health region. In our second hour today, Jessica Berglund from WorkSafe BC will join us to talk about the facts about asbestos and why we should know them. But first... Here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Lowe's Company says it will close 34 underperforming stores across six provinces as a part of its restructuring of its Canadian business. The stores include 26 Ronas, 6 Lowe's, and 2 Reno Depots spread across B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec, and Nova Scotia. The closure is set for early next year. Add to its announced closure already of 31 stores we talked about in November last year. So far, we know that here in B.C., Lowe's Prince George location will close in February and Rona Surrey and Asuyus will close in January. The company says some eligible employees will be offered jobs at nearby stores. North Carolina-based Lowe's bought Rona a couple of years ago in 2016 in a deal valued at the time at $3.2 billion. The Canadian division of Lowe's has more than 600 corporate and independent affiliate stores under the Lowe's, Rona, Rona D. Ace and Dick's Lumber brands. A government cell phone user survey shows BC residents are frustrated and confused with telephone contracts and billing and are looking for some help. So Premier John Horgan has appointed Maple Ridge New Democrat Bob Deeth to advocate for more affordable and more transparent cell phone options. Bob says the record government survey about cell phone issues uh, received more than 15,000 responses from people wanting easy-to-understand contracts, transparent bills. Oh, and affordable plans. Horgan's government promised last February to provide consumers with tools to receive the latest expense, the least rather expensive service possible. Deeth says cell phone issues are largely subject to federal regulations, but that will not stop BC from lobbying Ottawa to make affordability and transparency improvements. He says the BC government will, government rather, will conduct its own deeper examination of cell phone issues, including a legislative review view of the province's consumer protection laws to ensure users are familiar with their rights and protections. It's just a little over a year since cannabis was legalized in Canada, and the stories are starting to pile up. Many of those stories are a big, about rather big pot companies that have lost billions in valuation over the past year, in large part due to complete incompetence on the part of provinces to make a plan for retail sales that works. No stores. No sales, no government revenue and taxes, and still a huge gray or black market. So why would any company consider jumping into the cannabis biz in the face of all of these negatives? Well, and here's a name you'll remember. One of BC's best-known Okanagan fruit brands, Sunripe, 
is not phased by the current problems to the point where they're starting up a new company called Speakeasy Cannabis, which, after waiting over six years for a license, will produce cannabis products from indoor and outdoor facilities under construction near Kelowna right now. Speakeasy says it has 1,750 different strains of cannabis to choose from when they decide what types to produce. Now, they're veteran fruit producers, so modifying their systems to another product Product isn't too difficult and they say when you boil it all down it's just farming and this is just another cash crop no word on whether they're when their first batch will be ready for sale the news almost in the same week that the u.s house of representatives took time away from trying to impeach donald trump to table legislation paving the way for cannabis legalization in america don't hold your breath on that one it's a long way off but less than 40 minutes after the first tickets of the 2020 Squamish Constellation Festival were available, the first tier of early bird weekend passes sold out. We put a limited number, a generous number, of passes up for sale on Thursday just to test the waters and frankly couldn't believe it when we got the call saying we needed to prepare to sell out and switch over to the next tier after only 10 minutes, says Tamara Stanners, co-founder and CEO. Squamish in particular came out in hard support of the festival, despite the fact that the lineup won't even be announced until next spring. So you're buying tickets to see somebody, well, somebody. Uh, We're thrilled by the response. Organizers declined to uh, share how many passes have been sold, but said it was a solid amount. The second annual Squamish Constellation Festival will be held July 24th to 26th. Weekend passes still available for an early bird price until December 31st. Nudge, nudge, possible Christmas present with prices increasing in the new year. Lots more at constellationfest.ca. Lots more of the week's top consumer stories as we go forward as well. Up next, the Surrey Hospital Foundation and their giant fundraiser for new kids' facilities. And your calls. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you're listening to CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox with a couple of guests for you to meet in studio this afternoon. Jane Adams is the president and CEO of the Surrey Hospital Foundation. Jane Adams, welcome to Vancouver Consumer. It's nice to meet you. Thank you very much, and likewise. And from your board, one of the directors from the uh, Surrey Hospital Foundation board is Paul Diol. Paul, welcome. Thanks for coming by. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, you have a son who was born at Surrey Memorial hospital and has been a patient at Surrey. He's not four years old. He's not a patient anymore. So it's a good news story. Yeah, no, it's a great story. Tell us a story, Paul. Um, Well, about four years ago, um, well, I guess five years ago, me and wife were expecting and we were going to uh, have our baby at Surrey Memorial Hospital. She went in for a regular checkup and uh, they said, well, you're not going to work today. Walk across the street. You're going to be having a baby. Oh my. Yeah. So he was a preemie. He was uh, was a bit early. Yeah. I was was trying to get a game of golf and and, uh, so much for that. I tried to get the first nine, and she wasn't having it. <laughs> so, but there was there were some complications that got sorted out. Yeah, they were. He had to come out a bit earlier because um, I think uh, he wasn't developing fully, and they're mm-hmm. like, just just take him out. And then once he was out, um, they did a little check over, and they realized he had a, he had hypospadia, which was a you know a condition with his urethra. Mm-hmm. And so surgical uh, procedures were done and successfully. Yeah, it. Uh, you, 
when he was a year older. So they waited till he was a year and mm-hmm. then went in for surgery. And uh, yeah, it's 90% of the way there. But. So now you're, you're um, a branch manager of a large engineering firm called McElhaney in Surrey, mega project kind of firm. And had you had any involvement with Surrey Hospital and their children's center prior to your son, Sean's, uh, uh, becoming a person? No. Uh, I was born there myself, I guess, so oh, that, that's okay. why. So well, I guess that was the first time. That's but, a nice connection there. Yeah, so I was born in, at Surrey Memorial Hospital 40-some-odd uh, years ago. Okay. And uh, But then, yeah, going there for nicks and bruises and things, but uh, for the most part, I just drove by it. And so when when did you make the conscious decision, Paul, to contribute your your time, your energy, and your creative juices to the process of helping out the children's wing at Surrey Memorial? Yeah, it was actually while my son was uh, under the knife. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So we, um, at the same time, our company had turned, um, well, we're a 110-year-old company, but we had been in business in the city of Surrey for 50 years. And we were looking for a project to give back to the community. And, um, you know, that, and as a branch manager, that was one of the things that I was responsible for, for doing. And we had done a few projects, you know, released some salmon, planted some trees in Green Timbers Park. Uh, but we were looking for that one big idea. And uh, while I was sitting in the, in the waiting room, well, my son was under the knife, you know, all these things are going on. Oh, no kidding. Um, and, I'm, and I'm looking at the fantastic nurses that are, that are doing their job there. But we were sitting in a, in a depressing beige waiting room basement and I was like this is a sad place and mm. I was sad mm. and then I just thought you know what I need to do something for our for children's hospital like our, the, the children that are in hospitals and uh and then the idea came to me and I went back to my uh to my board and uh and I said hey why don't we try this um we reached out to Surrey Memorial Hospital and uh to see if they would be on board and uh they're absolutely over the moon they're like yes come 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 look at what we can do in this one little playground. Okay, so yeah. you went in as as a company and as a as a, a program. You spiffed up the waiting area in the in the children's surgical part of the ward. It uh, it wasn't in the waiting area. We went. It was an outdoor courtyard. Oh, okay. So it was a it was a playground that they had. And my first vision was, uh, I'll just buy a playground for Moronas or another, sure, <laughs> get right, a yeah. clearance sale down and just bolt something together and stick it out there for maybe ten or twenty grand. Uh, but uh, looking at that playground, it was in. It was it was pretty tough shape. Pretty tough shape. Yeah. Yeah, it was in disrepair. Like I, I don't think it quite met the needs of 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 the patients there. Like there were um, there were wood structures that were there that kids were climbing on, and they were getting hurt. There mm-hmm. was a, a waterfall which I'm sure looked uh, fantastic in its day, but uh, you know kids would get their bandages wet, uh, so it was decommissioned. So it just it needed a facelift. So um, you completely redid the playground. Yeah. And it costs more than 20 grand by the sounds of things. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they always do. Yeah. We didn't think it was going to be that much, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we reached out to, uh, to the community. So, you know, we've been there for 50 years. We do work with lots of contractors, lots of developers. Of course, yeah. We have lots of suppliers. Um, so we had a budget that we thought would be 20000 We'd stick in of our own money. Um, and... And then when we pulled in Eurovia, which is a design a contractor on the North Shore that we partner with on a lot of design projects, they stepped in and uh, Kim Percy, the CEO, said, well, we're not going to do this halfway. We're going to do let's all go the, for it. Let's do it. If we're going to do it, do it right. Good for and, you. Well, that scared me even more because that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that meant more funds. But yeah, so the, I think all in all, it, we estimate the, the, the playground cost over half a million bucks. Wow. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Now, Jane, this is heartwarming stuff. You're, you're the, the president and CEO of the foundation. Paul is one of your uh, board of directors members. How many other members of your board are like Paul? People with personal stories to tell about their involvement and therefore commitment to Surrey Memorial. Every single one. I would say that the community and business leaders that serve on our board of directors, all of them have been touched or their family members have been touched at the hospital. And that's what's compelled them to want to get involved um, and make a difference for all the children and people of all ages who use the hospital. Mm. Hundreds of thousands of people a year use our hospital. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Because here in Vancouver and in Metro Vancouver, when we think of our children in serious medical uh, compromise, we immediately think of Children's Hospital on Oak Street in Vancouver. And yet, you have some startling numbers in terms of the percentage of children, not in just Metro Vancouver, Jane, but British Columbia children per year who are served not at Children's Hospital, but at Surrey Memorial. Give us the math here. So, Surrey and south of the Fraser is a wonderful place to live. So as a result, 43% of all of the children in British Columbia live in Fraser Health, which includes Surrey and surrounding cities like Langley. So the majority of children in our province live in Surrey. Amazing. I don't think many Metro Vancouver residents are aware of that. And it's, it's there as plain as the nose on your face, but you don't think about it, do you? You think about Vancouver and that's it. But no, the larger, the much larger number is in Surrey. Yes, and our family birthing unit, for instance, uh, we birth a kindergarten class every two days. Oh so we're approaching 5,000 babies a year. And as we heard from Paul, we've been birthing babies for a very, very long time, 60 years since the doors of our hospital opened. One of whom 40 years ago was Paul. Yeah. There you go. So now let's talk about the Surrey Memorial Hospital Foundation first, and then we'll talk about the loot and how close you are to accomplishing what you're, what you're about here. Tell us about the foundation. How long has it been around? So the foundation's been around for 60, uh, sorry, 26 years and in that time we've raised about 150 million dollars that we have been reinvested into uh, Surrey Memorial Hospital. We're also responsible for the Jim Pattison Outpatient uh, and Surgery Center. On Fraser Highway there? That's a fabulous facility. It is. Sees half a million people a year and we also look after Chorney Alzheimer's uh, facility. It's a 72 bed state of the art Alzheimer's facility also in Surrey in the Cloverdale area. So the foundation is responsible for raising funds to supplement the money that's made available to these three facilities from the government. Okay, now the foundation website, friends, if you want to have a look, is Surrey Hospital Foundation, all one word, surreyhospitalfoundation.com. And when you get there, you can click around a little bit and you're going to end up at the Children's Health Center Transformation Campaign, which asks you to be a champion for children's health. Let's talk about this this particular Children's Health Center. Is there one now, uh, and you're going to expand it, Jane? Or is this something that does not exist that's about to? So it exists. It was built 20 years ago when the population of Surrey was uh, about half of what it is now. Um, One in three residents in Surrey is under 16. So we have a lot of children. So uh, the footprint of the Children's Health Centre that was built 20 years ago has not changed. Uh, Since we built the Children's Health Centre, we also added a new tower that has a new children's emergency. uh, And 
It's been open six years. We see 46,000 children a year in our children's emergency. That's like Rogers Arena filled to capacity twice. Yeah. So I point that out because we have all of these children coming through emergency, and yet the Children's Health Centre, which was built 20 years ago, has not changed. So... In fact, it was uh, Paul's work and the work of the construction community building this new outstanding play space for our children that encouraged us to go to the community and see if they would like to help us completely remodel our children's health center to be uh, more appropriately designed to allow us to see more children. So for instance, we do not have, we currently in our children's health center do not have a pre and post surgical waiting area. Ah. That's why Paul and his family were sort of sitting in a hallway. In the basement. That's so right. with the clever design, although we're in the same footprint, we are going to create a five bed pre and post surgical area because we do surgery on more than 1200 children a year. And currently we have no proper custom-built area for them to be prepared for surgery or to recover post. So were, that's part of the design. And you were talking about children's emergency area. So if a child is taken under emergent conditions to Surrey Memorial this afternoon, they're not going to go to a specifically dedicated child zone because that does not exist anymore. They'll go to emerge and be dealt with as any other patient? Sorry, I misled you and your listeners. My apologies. Seven years ago, we opened, uh, we built a completely new emergency uh-huh. and part of that emergency emergency was a separate children's emergency. In fact, Surrey Memorial is the only full-service hospital, so we treat people from birth to palliative care, that has a separate children's emergency. Most children's emergencies are in the balance of the country. Children's emergencies exist in in the Stand model that I described. Ch- yeah, yeah, in, yeah like exactly. children. So we are very fortunate to have a separate children's emergency. So if your child is sick, needs help, and you take them to Surrey uh, Memorial, you would go through a separate entrance and you would be seen in a children's emergency. So area. is the idea now then raising all of this money, and we'll talk about the specifics of where you are on your fundraising goal path, but is the idea, Jane, to, to use the funds to redo the children's emergency area to expand its capacity and modernize everything? So the children's emergency was built uh, six years ago. So that will stay the way it is. What we have in addition, so uh, about 20% of the children who come through emergency need to stay overnight or need to go to clinics or need to have surgery. The children's health center is the inpatient area of our hospital where children, if they need to stay with us longer, have surgery or be treated for cancer, go. That's the area that hasn't been changed for 20 years. And that's where we're going to spend the money to improve it, to expand clinic rooms, uh, create a new oncology area for kids with cancer, that's the area we're improving. These people are good at what they do, friends. They've already raised over 150 million bucks, and that's just in the last 26 years. They're looking for a little more to uh, expand the Children's Health Center. We're talking, of course, about the Surrey Hospital Foundation. Our guests in studio, Jane Adams, President and CEO, and board member Paul Diol. We'll talk more about the specifics of the design and how you can be a kid's champ after the news. 
Welcome back to the program on a Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox with Jane Adams and Paul Diol from the Surrey Hospital Foundation Board in studio. With me, Jane is the president. Paul is one of the members of the board of directors and a parent with personal experience at Surrey Memorial. Beyond the fact that he was born there, uh, his little boy was also born. Both boys? You've got two boys. The second boy was born in Langley. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. you. Oh, my goodness. She wanted to mix it up. <laughs> well, it's great to have you with us this afternoon. And Jane Adams, you were just about to tell us, uh, because this is all about uh, the challenge. This is the Children's Health Center transformation campaign that uh, is important. But here's, this is a kind of a good news story. It's a fundraising campaign, but it's not, you're not starting from zero here this afternoon. In fact, you're much closer to your objective than I imagined you to be. Fill us in here, please. Oh, well, I am very excited to tell you we're getting close. So the, in, the overall project is a 15 15- million dollar project to do complete all the renovations of our children's health center uh fraser health or the government is funding nine million of it the community is adding to it to make it an extra special place for our kids for six million and we have just one million to go oh my yes yes That's fabulous so we're you know we're moving into a season when people are feeling generous and they support charities that are near and dear to their heart and so we do encourage if you have any listeners who feel strongly about Surrey and want to help the kids uh, in their community or companies we're very very close in fact construction starts on December 3rd so we really really do need this final boost to finish the 6 million and get to work to make this place special for our children. How long has the fundraising been going on, Paul? Now that you're only a million bucks away from where you need to be, when when did it start and um, uh, how long has it taken up until this? Uh, they're, they're huddling up here to make sure they got their figures straight. I think we started about a year ago. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty fast, Jane. Yeah, we were very fortunate. There have been... Uh, Three, uh, we, the campaign was kicked off uh, when a local IT company, Safe Software, made a million dollar, made a very first million dollar gift. And it's wonderful. They are located, their headquarters is located close to the hospital. Uh, their employees have children and receive care in our hospital. So they wanted to help the children in the community where they do business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had uh, another anonymous million dollar donor and Later this month, we're going to have a press conference and announce a third million-dollar donor. And then in addition to that, there's Meckelhenny, lots of companies and individuals locally who want to support the kids. Uh, but we have that final $1 million. And so we're really encouraging people who want to give where they live and help the community to uh, step up. So this is a fundraiser without some of the trappings of other hospital fundraisers we've become accustomed to over the years, Jane. Sometimes there's a a car or a house or whatever, some kind of lottery thing going on. You've uh, chosen another path this time around. Yeah, this is, children have always been important uh, to the to the community of Surrey. In fact, it was, a, it was donations that got the Children's Health Center uh, built in the first place. And we thought the best way to do it was just to go back to the community, invite them in uh, to make a donation, whether that was corporate or individually. And uh, it's been very successful to date. Our hospital foundation, no 
longer does home lotteries. In fact, our hospital in cooperation with Royal Columbian was the very first, we were the very first in BC to do those big home lotteries. Sure, yeah. But we got out of that uh, in 2007. It was no longer uh, making money for our hospital. And our board wants to ensure everything we do uh, brings value to our hospitals. And so we don't do that. We just we just talk to the community directly. We appreciate opportunities like this show to let the community know we need their help. And fortunately, they're very generous. Indeed, they are. SurreyHospitalFoundation.com is the website, friends. Be a champion for children's health. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, Children's Health Center Transformation Campaign. Just go to Menu, and uh, it'll open right up for you. And there's a, you can start a monthly gift, or you can donate. Now there are several options for you to consider. Paul, uh, Jane just said construction is going to start in 2020. That's only a matter of weeks away now. So clearly, all the design phase has been completed. All of the necessary permits, etc., have been stacked up and approved. You're all set to go. Yeah, we're going to start. Yeah, three weeks. Yes. That's quite amazing. So now, is your company, uh, an engineering firm, going to be involved in, in this process at all? Uh, no, we're so our company is mostly a civil engineering serving firm. Okay. So we don't get uh, involved too much into the vertical infrastructure like buildings and hospitals, but we can do the survey and things like that. But uh, yeah, our bread and butter is mostly civil and planning, and uh, the hospital work we do is just to give back to the community. Interesting stuff. So, yeah. Jane, how long has this approval process? I mean, you, you've already, obviously, the architects have been contracted. The blueprints are done. City Hall has said, okay. How long has that taken? Probably 18 months. It's there has There's a lot of planning involved. Uh, we met with families, for instance, who use our Children's Health Centre to say, what are improvements you would like to see? What kind of designs would you like to see? So there was a lot of consultation with our doctors, our nurses, our families. Then we took all of that information and kind of came up with a functional plan. Then an architect was hired. They put together a design. Then we hired the general contractor. Um, and yes, the hammers and things will start not, we'll, we'll minimize the disruption to our families. But in a few weeks, we're very, very excited about this project. Now, tell us a little bit about the big party coming on February. We've got a little matter of the holiday season to get through before we can contemplate the big gala. But most hospitals do this, and it varies to the time of year they do it. But it's it's a big deal now. At the, the It's called the Celebration of Care Gala coming up in February. Now, is that about the kids' unit necessarily, Jane, or is it about Surrey Memorial at large? It's about uh, Surrey Memorial at large. Okay. Yes, so it's February 22nd. Uh, the theme is uh, Academy Awards After Party. It's at the Aria, and we will have 650 of, of Surrey's finest uh, business leaders, community leaders, uh, medical leaders, civic leaders. They all come together, and uh, since the gala started, this is our fourth year, Eight, about $8 million has been raised. People really rally around the hospital. It's the only hospital for the second largest city in the province. Yeah. I'm just going to quote something from the website. Give me a second here, you two. Surrey Hospital Foundation is raising $6 million to transform the Children's Health Center by creating a larger family-friendly space with more clinics for outpatients and a dedicated area for kids who need daycare procedures. The changes, and this is the good part, will also mean that more patient rooms will be available for children who need overnight stays. And that, as you mentioned earlier, Jane, a lot of a lot of the visits by children to hospital can be handled in a matter of an hour or two. Uh, but some of the kids have to stay, and then you run into some, some space problems. 
Yes, we do. And so these the changes, we're doubling the number of clinic uh, rooms for people who come with chronic disease. We're uh, relocating our cancer. We do treat about 20% of the new kids' cancers in the province every year. We're moving our cancer area to uh, uh, give the kids access to uh, the out- outdoor uh, area, the look onto the McElhenney uh, playground. Uh-huh. Um, we're adding the uh, pre- and post-surgical area. We're increasing beds, and we're just making the the entire unit far more family-friendly. We're even working with Microsoft to bring in some innovation around uh, apps that will help children and families navigate our Children's Health Center in a fun way because we want to, we, we need our kids to get better, and but we want to do it in an innovative and fun way to reduce the trauma they experience when they come in contact with the health system. Well, that's it. And Paul, you've been there a couple of times and it is, uh, I mean, you're dealing with a very small person who doesn't necessarily understand all the sophisticated Complicated complications that are going on, but this person is in distress uh, and kind of freaked out by a very alien environment. Yeah, it can be quite tough. And I think once we finish the playground, um, they, I actually pretty touching. You get to see people in that playground, and mm-hmm. the doctors are telling me that you know kids come in there, they're scared, they don't know you know what's up, but then they go into the playground and they actually have a lot of fun there. They relax, and sometimes they say they want to come back. To go into the playground, right? Well, okay. And, and I think the the avatar that they're working on with Microsoft is going to be one of these these fun little apps that will help the kids calm down. And the, instead of a doctor telling them that they're going to weigh him in and put in a, put him you know put it on a gown and they're going to have to wear some gloves and stuff, it's a furry little squirrel mm-hmm. on the phone like a Pokemon. Right, right, right. We'll be we'll be walking through this stuff. So it's it's all meant to to make the kids mentally feel. More at ease. Yeah, Paul, you're the uh, the construction and engineering professional in this conversation. Jane says construction on the new uh, children's center is going to begin literally in a matter of weeks. What's the target completion date? So I'm not the construction guy for the for the whole health center. I get so that, I, but I you've got a roads, little bit of it. In but your I, I would uh, I would bet we're going to stay on time and on budget, and we'll be done uh, in two years. Excellent. Okay, and that is uh, f- for some major projects in British Columbia. That's a short amount of time, Jane. It is. It is. Uh, but uh, and we're doing it in phases because we can't close. Given the number of children exactly, we see, we can't yeah. close any services down. Uh, we're, we'll do as much as we can at night or on the weekends to disrupt uh, to uh, prevent disruption to families, but we, we just need to get it done. The, the space is 20 years old, and it need, we need more space and better space to serve the increasing number of children coming to see us for health care. I get, and, and a lot of now, uh, because it's such a large area that you serve, I mean, Surrey itself is, is still, as I understand it, the largest me- geographical municipality in the country. It's just there's no city bigger than Surrey anywhere in Canada physically. Calgary is a close second, but Surrey's big. So that's that's a huge area alone. But then you go right out through the entire Fraser Valley, don't you? We do. Um, in fact, Surrey is the pediatric referral center for all of Fraser Health, and Fraser Health uh, for your listeners who may not be, f- be familiar, sort of stretches from uh, New West to Hope. Yeah, because Royal uh, Columbia is part of that loop, isn't it? Yes, we're all part of the same family. We look after 1.8 million British Columbians, and that's about 1 in 20 Canadians. We're a very integral health authority uh, for the province. 
I think when you go, and I've been to Surrey Memorial a few times, not as a patient, but I have visited many, many friends. I've lived in White Rock for a long time, Paul, and anybody from that part of the town ends up at Surrey Memorial if they get banged up. And the one thing that I think impresses you is just how busy the place is. My gosh, it's a busy hospital. It's just, uh, it's as busy, every time I've been there, it feels as busy as VGH. It is. It is tremendously busy. Um, then they see, you know, a huge amount of patients. And uh, I think one thing I wanted to point out is the fact that we have, it's got its own children's emergency. So when you're going in there um, with your child on a Saturday night, you're not mixed up with everybody else that's in there on a Saturday night that's right. been in a car wreck or, or something. Or a bar else. fight or whatever. Or a bar fight. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, there could be some scary stuff There's happening. a dedicated kids area. There's a dedicated kids area and, they, and you're in there with the kids and they see you quickly. They see you very quickly, and I'm once I take my youngest son in, into there, and it was a breath of fresh air compared to what I was used to before. Right, yeah. and and of course the idea, Jane, with uh, is just just to keep that quality of service at that level all the way through. And it's a challenge when you've got a construction project underway, isn't it? It is, it is. You know, when you were talking about volume, I just wanted to give your listeners a a sense of things. In terms of the number of patient beds, that's one of the measures we do. Surrey Memorial last year was 262,435. So that would equate to the number of patients and the number of diagnostic like uh, medical diagnostic tests we did last year, 334,653. So that's just a small sample of the number of tests and people we see every year. So I just wanted to reinforce, we're an extremely busy place. I was just going to say, between those two numbers alone, you're well over half a million people. Absolutely. And then the Jim Pattison Outpatient Centre that was mentioned earlier, we see uh, at least a half a million people there as well. And that centre serves a lot of clinics in that center serve the entire Fraser Health region as well. Absolutely. I've been there myself a couple Mm -hmm. of times, and it's a fabulous facility. Are there dedicated children things at the Patterson uh, facility as well, or do all of the kids' activities happen at Surrey Memorial? All of the inpatient kids' things happen at Surrey Memorial. We have some prenatal programs at uh, the outpatient center, but if you are going to... If you're under 17 and spending time with us overnight or receiving health care, largely you'll be at Surrey Memorial Hospital. So, Paul, uh, again, from a person who's been there, done that, uh, it, it, it's got to be pretty exciting for you not only to have been a part of redoing the entire playground area and the satisfaction that comes with seeing small people yeah. really enjoying that, but now this is, and, and that was a big deal, and it, it cost you a lot more than you expected and took longer than well, you expected, it, but worth the effort. It's tremendously heartwarming. Um, and it actually it didn't cost me personally or our company personally more. We, we spent a ton of time and effort, so we spent a lot of sweat building that playground, but the industry and the community stepped up with donations. Right, so, uh, right. Like, it was fantastic. And uh, I get choked up when I talk about it, right? Like, because my son was there, and then I see it happen, and then I see the catalyst of what's happened since we built that playground, and all the people that it, touch, uh, that it touches, and um, even the staff. Like, it's created a space in that playground, not only for kids to play, but for families to come and rest and take their minds of what's happening there. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah. Through some pretty tough times, and yeah, you've been it, there yourself. It's, a, it's one of the toughest things you'll go through, and so to have... To go find a place that you can rest, relax, take your mind off what's going on is 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 fantastic. And then the fact that that playground started the catalyst for the whole community. 
The Children's Health Center at Surrey Memorial Hospital, built in 01, is the only health facility in the Fraser Valley dedicated to children's health and pediatric emergencies, and now they're looking for your support. Uh, Jane Adams is here along with Paul Diol, their, their website, and all the easy instructions on how to be a champ for the kids is Surrey Hospital Foundation, all one word, surreyhospitalfoundation.com. Check it out, and if at all possible, help them out. We wish you both considerable success, and we thank you both for coming in this afternoon. Thank you, Sterling. My absolute pleasure. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Jane Adams and Paul Diol for a very informative visit from the Surrey Hospital Foundation. Coming up after the news is Jessica Berglund, Senior Manager, Prevention Field Services for WorkSafe BC, with a lot of good information on asbestos. Time now for Dooley Noted. And this time, our producer Ben Dooley has a look at unexpected towing discounts. Thanks, Sterling. Having your car towed and impounded is extremely costly, but Global News has learned that owners who lose their vehicles for excessive speeding and impaired driving in B.C. are receiving huge discounts. Here's Mitchell Martin, who owns Mitchell's Towing in North Vancouver. I don't believe it's widely known. I believe that uh, most people are unaware of, of uh, these uh, the price structure. Martin says dangerous drivers get free towing for the first six kilometers and their storage cost is almost half price. Currently ICBC pays 23.28 for zone one which is North Vancouver and uh, normally our retail rates are $44 per calendar day. So it works out to be almost 50% lower uh, due to using or utilizing ICBC's rates. It appears the deals are unintended. A result of bulk discounts that were negotiated by ICBC and then passed on to Road Safety BC, the government agency that works in partnership with police. When told about the discounts, BC's Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth said he was surprised. We're looking at it and and see why it's there. I mean, it does strike me as uh, somewhat odd that uh, people who have had their vehicles impounded for excessive speeding uh, would then get a, a discount. Uh, on the towing rate, which, you know, ordinary people um, who may have had their car towed don't. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple of consumer quickies before the news. We've reported on this before, but there are new survey numbers out that show while Canadians value time off work, we aren't always taking the vacation days we're owed. The survey by the travel company Skyscanner has found only two-thirds of Canadians actually take all of the time they're owed, which could be attributed to a rising workplace trend called vacation shaming. So what exactly does that mean? Well, it's when coworkers or bosses use guilt or peer pressure to discourage employees from using their vacation time. Nearly 100% of respondents said they value their time off work, but only 66% said they actually take the vacation days they're entitled to. British Columbians seem to have some of the best work-life balance. Its residents, along with those of Quebec, were least likely to experience vacation shaming. The trend is most prevalent among millennials, with nearly two-thirds saying They've dealt with vacation shaming of one degree or another in their workplace. The pressure can be intense, but you should never leave vacation time on the table. Use it or lose it, and the loss is yours. 
Say next Saturday we'll see the 8th annual Yale Town Candy Town set to transform Yale Town into a winter wonderland again. It's the only free event of its kind in the downtown core. Plenty of reasons to visit. Everywhere from Mainland to Hamilton Street, a portion of Davie too will be decked out with lights and candy canes and characters. Candy Town is happening for one day only. That'll be next Saturday. And last year, 15,000 people showed up to celebrate the festivities in the heart of downtown Vancouver. Ice carving, carriage rides, all sorts of food and beverage options await the hearty souls who will join in the Yale Town Candy Town Festival all day next Saturday. Looks like it'll be a little wintry for that event as well. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.